0: Hello and welcome to Court Games LCG podcast. Boy, I'm having a brain fart trying to remember my the name of my own <laughs> freaking podcast is. Is it the, the the Magic the Gathering RPG podcast? No, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> uh I am your absent-minded host, Trevor Cuba, aka Kikita Onimaru, co- joined here by my chum of a co-host.
1: Max Williams, also known as Mackie no Oni, Oni Lord, or Whacked Mackie
0: Online. What about Cyber Oni Mackie? It uh, could be that as well. I might have been spending a lot of time playing Cyberpunk 2077 this weekend.
1: Well, that. And was it been enjoyable for you? Uh, eh. Eh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Which seems to be the consensus going around. It's like a generally positive, eh, good, but it could have been better. Yep. For how Especially much? Since I'm spent. one of the, I'm one of the chumps who bought the base PS4 models.
1: <laughs> yep. Although uh, I have heard they just put out a thing that was basically saying, "Hey, uh, to all like console players, we're sorry it came out this way. If you're not satisfied with it, we'll give you your money back." But
0: I mean, I'm going hmm. to. How much time do I have? Yeah, I've got. 38 hours. When I say I spent all weekend playing this thing, I I, I spent all weekend playing this freaking thing. I basically went home from work on Friday and then turned the game on and didn't turn it off until I had to go to work this morning, essentially. Um, But yeah, if I wasn't like 40 hours into this game already, I would probably like sell it uh, or get a refund and then get the piece for it. Because I was just talking about how I got this brand new... PC that should be able to actually run this thing pretty decently. But I was like, you know what? Um, I'm still new to this PC thing. I'm used to consoles because consoles are generally stable and things Mm -hmm. like that. Uh, Also, and this is another truism of the world that makes me think like, oh, I don't know anything about video games despite devoting my entire life to them like a loser. It's, I don't know what to predict anymore. Uh, Generally during a kind console cycle, it's, basically pointless buying the first couple of next gen systems and games because all the games have been developed are really things that were uh, developed for the old system. And then they'll just do like a oh here's that same thing with like a, a couple of graphical polishes on there and stuff. <laughs> Not this one. This one was definitely designed for a high end PC, yep. and we are getting a stripped down version on these console versions, yep. the, the yeah, PS4 I've... Xbox.
1: Yeah, I've even heard that like the PS5 version is you know struggling. So I imagine it was all designed for a computer, and then they just happened to. Go ahead and port it over, but you know. Have you
0: have, have you played it all yet?
1: I have not yet.
0: It is definitely a game that was you could just feel like, oh, this is supposed to be a computer game. Like when you're navigating the UI, there's mm-hmm. like a faux cursor that you move around to select a lot of things. Like this is meant to be a PC game, yeah, from although
1: touch. So. I've also heard from talking to some people who got it on PC that they want they almost they just ended up going and playing it on controller anyway, so. I don't know. They said that the computer controls felt kind of awkward to them, but I don't know.
0: I mean, I I I I'm still too new to get used to the W A S D and mouse controls mm-hmm. that apparently are what real gamers do. But um, I don't know. Despite the fact, you know, well, I'm gonna I I I figured we we're gonna talk a little bit about the game. Today anyway, but we did get some spoilers today, so we can talk about uh, what is this pack four, pack five that got uh, shown off? It's pack five, pack five for uh, cycle five. I'm just yeah. saying numbers. I don't, I don't have any idea. I, I think those are right. The things I'm saying, uh, boy, I'm well prepared it's, for
1: this. It's the fifth dynasty pack of the Temptations
0: cycle. Yeah, uh, but there's not much there. We, we we normally I would try to come up with, well, I can't say normally, because since we've been doing this podcast, it, we've been in a, oh, hey, we just conveniently get a new cycle of cards to talk about, or something will happen every week, and that, like, literally the moment before recording, something will happen. <laughs> it's like, oh, hey, we've got content for this week. Yep. Um, this is different because we know there's going to be the rules update coming up this Friday. Mm-hmm. So, it, um on top of, like, the current there's no tournament season going on right now. Um, even the, the the fan run events like the Clan Wars is over. There's nothing really going on right now to keep abreast of. Uh, doubly so when we know we're in a dead meta because in less than five days, uh, the meta is going to shift drastically. So, <laughs> yep. at
1: least for three clans,
0: it is. For three, cl- for three clans, but also, uh, you know, with the meta changes, it means um, yeah, other people have splash options. Other people can, like, oh, I couldn't build my deck this way before, and now I can. Yep. Uh, we, Last week when we had uh, Nick on from Meek Informa, he was talking about, like, you know, okay, doing my crane shtick again. But, mm-hmm. uh, hey, crane's got some really strong cards, and it's not even worth sl- slotting together a deck of crane water dragon because oh, this is definitely going to get RL'd. <laughs> yes. So I don't even want to play with it now because it's like this is this is a a a, a false dream I'm living yep. in. Yeah. But
1: we'll have to see. We'll have we'll have that topic for the next episode. And who knows, I mean we might take a break for the holidays next week. So it might be two weeks before the next episode comes out and then we might even be able to talk about how it impacted the meta some. Who knows?
0: Oh, yeah, because you're definitely off for the holiday week. Um, but you're someone who has a family who loves you. Me on yeah. the end? I don't know. We'll see what I end up doing. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I, I have all of next week off of work, whether or not, you know. So I, I'm i sure I can record sometime As long as I...
0: <laughs>
1: I it's, I'll have to fit into my busy schedule. But it might well, just be more of a... I don't feel like doing this, because I'm just taking the time off to relax, so who knows.
0: Uh, I mean, what are we supposed to tell all, like, dozen of our listeners
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: during the holiday break who need to hear our, our, our dulcet tones? Yeah, what would <laughs> they do our, without us? us half paid attention to the meta that we're not actively <laughs> involved in right now. Yep. They need our biting commentary, man. They
1: do. They need our <laughs> our just snap reactions upon seeing those cards that put on there.
0: Speaking of snap reactions, so we got the a pack of some sort and a cycle of some sort. Um Crab. Okay. Yep. Crab's got a stronghold. They it's 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 I don't know. My my snap, my snap judgment is meh.
1: Yeah, my snap <laughs> reaction is that seems not good.
0: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no no real reason not to beat, beat around the bush and stuff. I do actually want to talk about uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven before we get out today, and it's not just uh in uh, self indulgence of hey this is what I've been doing and stuff. I think there's a very tangible L five R discussion and stuff. So we're gonna talk about cards first, and if anyone is Interested in hearing my rantings about twenty-seven-seven and how it relates to L5R, so I'm going to cross that bridge. Uh, stick around after the car discussion. So uh, let's just hop right into it. Um, well, we got this fan. Um, don't need to talk about the re- Repentant Legion, because that's going to show yeah. up later in the fold, isn't it? Yep. What's this uh Shosu Deceiver? Is this the person who stole my pants? I
1: say they are. I, I think they have just stuffing pants under that robe, that's why it's so big. Uh, but the Shosu Deceiver is a four-cost scorpion character, two-four with one glory, a courtier, and a shinobi. While this character is participating in a conflict, it gains each triggered ability on each other dishonored participating character.
0: So, if this was not a Scorpion card, I think it'd be pretty good, but because it is Scorpion, you know, that clan that likes to put dishonor tokens on all your characters and never let them get to a state of honor because that's counter to their game plan, Mm -hmm. uh, actually not very good and very expensive. It doesn't, like, forward any of their primary win conditions.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, so, I will say the card is partially covered up. We we don't know for sure if it's honored or dishonored. Participating character, I I believe it would be a dishonored character. Um, it could be honored, but
0: oh, you are right. It could be dis. Oh, if it's dishonored, mm, okay. Yeah. yeah there, okay. I for some reason I was I could talk myself into saying that was honored, and that's because you're so that- used
1: to reading blue, like white blue cards that say honored.
0: <laughs> my blue bias has hoisted my petard once again, uh, yeah, if it's dishonored, then this is a lot more devastating.
1: I lean towards it being dishonored just because it is scorpion,
0: I mean fair, I mean that th- that would make more sense. I was like, oh, yes. because it's scorpion and honored, this is a worthless card, yep. dishonored all right, now it's got some play, and now we're in like, okay, is this really strong?" Um, it is pretty strong. Is it worth four? Four plus, you're assuming you're going to put two or three fate on it? Yep. Uh, Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. It it's... is really strong, but now you're creeping into the Soju Kachiko th- the territory. So it's like, I could get this guy, or I could get Kachiko. And he doesn't win that fight, you know?
1: Yeah. It's kind of a question, uh, it'll depend on what the meta is and how many triggered abilities there are running around. Uh, because we've seen characters like well, a, the Dragon Clan champion. Togashi
0: Togashi uh, Tug- t- Yokuni.
1: Yeah, Yokuni who <laughs> has been able to copy people's abilities for the entire history of the game. Um, he's He was really strong for that when he came out. I don't think he sees a ton of play uh, in the current well, meta.
0: Yeah, Yakuni gets around a little bit better because one, uh, well, he can just take whatever he wants to, but uh, also yes. he's a big beefy person, and um, being a Shugenja weirdly gets him into do a lot more shenanigans than he had any right to do. Yes. Uh, but I don't really see Yakuni being played that much right now, and there's always this weird thing of like triggered reaction or triggered actions. Are still somewhat not that common in the game, and the or at the very least, the ones that are are like so hyper specific that it's unclear whether some your opponent is going to have enough <laughs> triggered actions on the board to be worth playing. Yeah, I think that this guy exists for a certain meta
1: that we may have. I think right now he just asks for too much of an investment for Scorpion into their dynasty for somebody who's not that good of stats at a base and may not do anything aside from just be a expensive courtier.
0: I do like the art because I like the, the the arrogance of this person who is like, clearly it is a Soshiro uh, Shinobi who has decided to infiltrate a, presumably a, 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 impersonating a crane of some sort, I'm judging by the blue robes, mm-hmm. but has ripped off his robes to dramatically real. Oh, it's a red kimono. I was a scorpion all along, which yeah. if you're a ninja like that, are you here? So, why would you have such an obvious second like, outfit yeah. underneath there? <laughs> Unless the idea is to like present as one person and then like go to a different room and immediately present as a different person. I, I guess there's an angle, but yeah. I
1: mean, maybe he's just like, his flavor text is, when you are but one face in a crowd of many, you are everywhere. So maybe he's like, running around as a crane at this party, like, yo, what up? How's it going? Hello, friends. And then, like, he runs off, becomes a scorpion, goes and talks to
0: other people. Who knows? It has been pointed out that L5R characters love their clan branding too freaking much. Yeah. Uh, So if you have, like, Oh, there's a ninja! It seems to be running around with red, with scorpions all over. I wonder what clan that belongs to. Or, (laughs) hey look, that's a a bright blue ninja with explosives. Is that a harrier? I don't know.
1: Who is that person running around in the darkness in bright yellow? (laughs) Surely the lion would never do something so dishonorable.
0: Now, speaking of cards we can't see, I just want to point out real quick, this Lion Card, Conduit of Heroes. It is a uh, two-cost, three-military, one-something. It's clearly a Water Shigenja. I don't know what it does, but I see, like, it's a Shigenja, so already we have, like, the history of Lion Shigenjas not being that great. And it says, something-something conflict about this character, something-something it needs needs five or more honor than an opponent, something. So already we're seeing, like, the only thing that it revealed was the suite of lion restrictions that they always get for no yeah. freaking reason. Yep,
1: yeah, I I mean, the there's another fan where we can see a little bit it's left, so we can put it together its action during a conflict about this character, something, you have five or more honor than an opponent, something.
0: Yeah. I mean, so it's already, like... Two restrictions on this character, which granted it's only a two coster, but man that ability better be baller yeah, <laughs> for all this restrictions
1: yeah i uh, uh sub- i i I'm surprised that it's not a two one because lion for a long time have had the theme of two costs two ones, mm. but they they this character's got three.
0: Yeah, I mean, give it three military, give me more of a reason why I would not want to bow this. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) Although, uh, I think based on what we can tell, this character does not have to be participating to do it. Whatever it does.
0: Uh, Yeah, (laughs) whatever it is it does. We don't know what it does! Nope. I'm I'm just more commenting on like man, those lions still need the these uh these yep. like restrictions they just get for no apparent reason just for uh, being th- lion. Those powers that they tend to pay all these restrictions for never seem to be much more powerful than like standard actions, you know. So yeah, uh, it's just the lion tax, I suppose. I guess so. Um, something we can see much more of is this dragon card. It's an attachment, uh. It's called Phoenix Tattoo. One cost, plus two, plus two. Tattoo, fire roll only. Attached to a character you control, something-something character gains the tattoo trait, something-something restricted. While attached character is part something-something or conflict, each other participating character gains pride. Um... It looks like it,
1: while it's participating, everybody else
0: has pride. Yeah, and... I mean, the character you get, get gains tattooed. Yeah. Um, I like the one for two, and... Like, I, f- I feel like it has restricted just because the new Dragon Stronghold gets to cheat an extra restricted card in for free, but it doesn't mm-hmm. really need it, seeing as most tattoos don't get that. Yeah. Uh, My bigger thing is, oh, it's got pride, which is, in my opinion, the worst keyword ever.
1: So... I think the strength of this card, the character itself doesn't get pride. Um and what you can do with because it, it's also stats is if your opponent has a bunch of like little weenies and they're attacking into somebody, you can drop this and dishonor everybody they have if you win the conflict.
0: Oh, so all of my characters get honor. Yeah, if I uh, win, all my characters each honored all your can...
1: participating character gains pride. So that's mine oh, and no. yours.
0: Oh, no, that's, that's a, that's a game changer. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, because now, wow, I was really to just, uh, like, get rid of this card altogether. That automatically opens a lot of things. Uh, Scorpion could use this to just, well, don't bring muddy characters into the battle, or they're just going to dishonor everybody. Um, Honor Runners can use it to, uh, honor all of their characters. Um... And yep. you, my 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 professional crane's perspective, like crane, have a lot of cards that, like, hey, if I'm honored, or you're dishonored. I'm gonna mess you up. Um, you know, if you want to get you you want to get thrown off a bridge. Yep. <laughs> Phoenix tattoo lets you throw people off bridges. Yep. Wow. Okay. So yeah, I, I guess reading the whole card there, even though we can't see it all, once again helps me. Clearly, I did not read these things. Yep. Uh this is two for two you have like completely flip flopped my opinion on a card. <laughs> it's okay by the power you know, reading <laughs> is in fact <laughs> fundamental.
1: <laughs> I can read between. I can read underneath the
0: crab cards. Well, fair enough. <laughs> Why don't you use your your, your, your your superior powers to tell me about your new castle okay, that I, I forgot about.
1: The new castle is the castle of the forgotten. It is Who are the Forgotten? The Forgotten are the Berserkers of the Crab who have fallen to the Shadowlands taint and fight beyond the walls of the Crab to cleanse themselves of the taint in an act that will ultimately kill them, but when they die, they will be pure and their spirits will be reborn.
0: See if I ask you who the who is the Castle Forgotten and who is the Forgotten, you're supposed to say, I don't know, I forgot. I, okay. <laughs> I sent for the Edit joke, that and part you out. Me, and you hit me with actual lore. <laughs>
1: <laughs> for the Forgotten, well, I can sum it up with lame people who would want to get rid of the
0: taint. Come on. I mean, clearly not the crab, because they're filled with it. Yep.
1: Yeah. Uh but the Castle of the Forgotten is a New stronghold for the crab, it is a castle. It gives plus two to your province strength. It has ten starting honor, plus seven fate a turn, and nine influence. Reaction. After you break a province, bow this stronghold. Each conflict declared this phase is military instead of its normal type.
0: Mm. You know, when more effects tend to do really well in this yep. game, I say, with sarcasm.
1: Especially considering that it uh, costs. It lowers your influence to take it over, say, the core stronghold of uh, Shuruma Nishiyama. And if you get to the point where you're like, okay, I've just got to break their stronghold. Well, your stronghold now does nothing.
0: Additionally, and this sounds like a flippant question, and it is, uh, but do crabs actually know how to break provinces? Uh, and I say that because one of their main strategies, like, they'll break it eventually, right? Yep. But it's not happening the first couple of turns of the game. Their whole the shtick is we are super resilient, and as you start to gas out, we're going to we remain strong and then wipe you out on the, on the clapback. Uh, how does this fit into that?
1: Well, for the entire history of L5R, they felt the need to print Crab Berserkers with dashes for political. And every single one of them has been unplayable the entire history of the game. Mm. And clearly this is the stronghold for them. It just goes, defense is for losers. We're attacking with our big red numbers. Also, we're worse at it than HMT is, even though that's all HMT wants to do, because they get to make three attacks and we don't.
0: So, yeah, it doesn't... It was, yeah, it was, it's, mm, yeah, okay, so I guess the way the L5R does work, it, you essentially, I'm using like make-believe terms right here, but you have two attack tokens. One is just military, one is political. This just turns all tokens air quotes it's not a real term yeah <laughs> but it turns all your fake tokens into red military tokens then okay
1: yeah and the thing about it is like oh well against like crane or scorpion if they want to politically attack me oh ho ho! it's like crane has plenty of military and when scorpion doesn't want a province to be broken you're not breaking that province mm. so it doesn't do anything there this feels like they went. We've committed to this bad theme
0: to the point where we're printing a stronghold for it. I am um, theoretically on board with the idea. I, I don't believe in a thing like I don't believe in bad cards. Although that's kind of a stretch in some cases. Uh, but I do think that a bad, a quote-unquote bad card can be saved by future cards down the line. Um, this is clearly trying to shore up a hole. But, you know, the whole win-more thing, it doesn't. Because turns out, if you don't win, then you can't win more. Yeah. And <laughs> This doesn't help you win. And Crab already, like, of the air quotes military clans, as I so said, they have kind of the hardest time breaking. Yep. A lot They'll of, win.
1: A lot of times Crab have to use, like, covert and stuff like that and random tricks of that sort to get breaks. And it turns out that your covert... It can work multiple times a turn, but you have no way to send the character back
0: up to get more coverts, right? And as we, we've talked before, and like we're just, uh, we've talked about the idea of big dumb force in this game. How you can have a big number, and sure, if you're like dueling or doing some other things that are like red number dependent and stuff, that could be really scary. But if you don't actually have any abilities, then you just fall for every trick in the book. Um, this doesn't fix that, and that is still an issue that's kind of rampant among Berserkers and a lot of other Crab personalities.
1: Yeah. Speaking of big, dumb red numbers, (laughs) uh, Repentant Legion is the second card we saw here. It is a new five-cost character for Crab. They are nine military, dash political, one glory, bushy army Berserker, no attachments except for weapons, just like every army. And Reaction, after you break a province during a conflict in which this character is participating, fill each of your non-stronghold provinces with one face-down dynasty card.
0: So it's kind of a watered-down version of Wealth the Crane. Um...
1: That costs a lot more, is a win more button, and requires you to just use big red number.
0: Yeah, and you don't, because all the cards go face down, you don't get the, the benefit of those effects immediately. You have yep. to wait until next turn for everything to flip up.
1: Yeah, and that's just, it. it's a really big red number, but it in itself doesn't do anything to help you win conflicts and trigger its own abilities. All it says is, I'm big, and also I'm not allowed to hold a sashimono to be able to get into a second conflict off of the stronghold.
0: And I did see a comment somewhere, either on Facebook or on somewhere on Discord, saying that nine is pretty big. And I guess in this, the way that the math, the work game works now, is nine is the new seven. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) Where if you want to be a right out of the box threat, nine is where you need to be at because all those people with sixes and sevens aren't cutting mustard anymore.
1: But he just—he doesn't hold a bunch of relevant attachments. You can't reprieve him. You can't put a watch commander on him you can give him his Swords and a Jade Tetsubo, basically. And that's just not getting you that far. Yep. No. Because all you're going to spend your entire turn on this guy, buying him and putting fate on him. If not, you know, an investment from last turn plus next turn. And all he does is break a single province. And if he does that, great trigger your stronghold and realize that you spent all of your money on this one guy and can't break a second province.
0: I mean, we've seen these things before. And there's a reason why these things don't get uh, used because sure, there is on paper, the idea of that well, you have enough, win more effects on your board state. If you win, well, then you gain so much out of it that, you know, you're basically, you win once, you've won them all. Uh, but it's really hard to win that first one in that case.
1: Yeah, it's the type of strategy that works pretty well at, like, a casual level where, <clears throat> sorry, you're just playing against your friends for fun. You're like, I want to play this deck that when it works, it's just going to crush everything. But then you get to, like, competitive scenes, especially if you're playing against, like, really top players. You, they're just not going to let you win that first time. Mm. And even if even if you do, like, get the break and trigger your abilities, again... They're just gonna throw some dudes at your provinces, break two of them, discard two of the cards you put up with this guy, and he doesn't do it and anything. He, he he doesn't want to defend. He just wants to go aggro. And he yeah. just I don't know. I crab I has know, what, a he's lot of very thematic. red. Yeah, he's very thematic. And I, he's really cool. And his art's great, but all he does is be a big red number. Why
0: they why do they have yellow armor in this crab art? Uh,
1: <laughs> maybe the Fallen have and... different
0: armor? I don't know. I don't know. I don't listen, I don't want to get uh uh too much into the artist depiction of armor in this game. I got a guy right now with a, a nipple <laughs> nipples on his <laughs> yep. breastplate, so yep. <laughs> uh this next crab card looks, at first glance, to be really good, but it's got, like, a real silver bullet bolded in there. Can you read this for him for me? Yep,
1: this is Battle Meditation, a new conflict card for Crab. It is an event that costs zero and has one influence. There are three whole Shadowlands characters in the art of this card, so you know that it's definitely an amazing card. Uh, Reaction. After you break a province during a conflict, if you control a participating Bushi... Sorry, participating berserker character draw three cards, max one per
0: conflict. Okay, so this is like spoils of war, but on steroids, mm-hmm. which would be really cool. Now, granted, we were just we just did this whole spiel about how win more and like having to break a province already is kind of like ho hum, but you know, drawing three cards like this is the reason why spoils of war is played, and this is that but better, but. You need a Berserker to trigger it. And Berserkers suck.
1: And you have to break. Spoils of War, you just have to win.
0: Oh, yeah, you're right. Yep. Oh, okay. So this
1: nets you one more card for having
0: two more restrictions. So, let's see. I got a list of Berserkers up right now. Let's see, we've got Butcher of the Fallen. He's pretty good. Uh yep. Crisis Breaker, he used to be good, but he's he's mostly just movement shenanigans and he straightens yep. himself or someone. Uh Damned Hita, that's that new one, isn't it? With uh, a dire. Yes. Uh he's just, again sometimes big military, not cost effective. He just what he just wants to die. Yep. Trigger his dire. Uh Hita Amaro. Um He's pretty eh. bad. He had a Yakimo, pretty good, but you never use him for his Berserker stuff, and he kind of <laughs> needs, like, a at least moderate dual package around him to really get some oomph out of him. Yep. Uh, one of the Forgotten. Just one of them. <laughs> yep. She's... Uh,
1: she was good in the Swarm deck, but not because she was a Berserker, but just because she was two mm-hmm. cost for four strength
0: see, Silent Skirmisher, <laughs> Zero, <one> dash. Jesus, <laughs> yep. <laughs> that is not a doji diplomat. Nope. Uh, Tainted Hero. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Three for six, but also needs to sacrifice himself, that's bleh. Yep. And my favorite guy who never gets played, and it's kind of like the poster boy of, like, why everything is wrong, Vengeful Berserker. The guy who literally starts quadrupling his strength, so after, like, two or three effects, he can be, like, a 24 by himself. Yep. And he is considered unplayably bad.
1: (laughs) Yep, he just doesn't make the cut. And, let's see, out of all these characters, we have... How many have political stats? Uh, It looks like a grand total of three of these guys can walk into political conflicts... And they have a grand total of three political between all three of them.
0: <laughs> so. Well, I you do have Seal of the Crab, which I guess you can give, um, uh, what do you call it, Berserker to any of your people, but is
1: we've that. We've seen people try to make Seal decks work before, and they usually lead to, like, one let go, setting the whole shebang crumbling
0: apart. Yeah, the only one that's been successful at all of all those seals is Seal of the Monk on a dragon. Yeah. And that's just because it like worked on several very specific things, but not too, too much. Like The deck didn't fall apart without it,
1: though. Yeah, and it, it specifically enabled you to be like, I play a card, I play Seal of the Dragon, void fist you home.
0: Hmm. Um, I kind of wonder, because I'm looking at Matsusuko and Matsu Berserker. There's also mm-hmm. Matsukoso. Who I'm not familiar with, so never see Um Kind of wonder if Lion might just like throw this off as a cheeky <laughs> splash card, maybe. And, uh, but then there's the whole thing that they have to break. <laughs>
1: yep, yeah. and of course it's all—it's still possible we'll see another one or two Berserkers this cycle. We haven't seen every card, so it's possible. But if Repentant Legion is what. I am supposed to base my expectations around. I'm not hopeful. I think the current crab deck will just stay as basically it is, with yeah. the what's it, Kaiden because yeah. the the ability in Kaiden Hida is insane, and it it just works for whatever deck you're trying to do.
0: Yeah, I mean, like. Crab does have a kind of weakness for political attacks, but I don't think the numbers exist in such a way. Like, oh, if we just eliminate the political conflict phase of this game, then we're going to have a huge advantage. It doesn't quite work out. I mean, you're not putting up more red numbers than lion. Yeah. Uh you're not putting up more bodies than unicorn.
1: Yeah.
0: And um, most of the other. <laughs> not putting out more weapons than Dragon, you're not winning the arms race at all. Yeah. <laughs> Even with an army with yep. nine. <laughs> it, it, of all the military, they're, like, Crabber, the worst military of all the yep. military, unless they're defending.
1: If Castle of the Forgotten could just say, like, all conflicts are military, and I still don't know if it would be playable.
0: Berserker's Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad. I I I know there's there's a pain when you have an art because some people like thematically crap mm-hmm. fans like Berserkers on paper, but this whole thing is just not coming together. Nope. At least nothing I've seen so far.
1: Yeah, it it's there's not enough there as of
0: yet. I mean, I I try to temper some things because like uh oh maybe because you clearly have just half half read a lot of these cars wrong just now. Like, oh, maybe someone's gonna come up with some hidden tech about why all these things are actually secretly awesome. I'm not really seeing it right yeah, now.
1: Yeah, Repentant Legion is just another one in a line since we've seen since the core set of this game of what if big red number with no other text and zero of them have ever seen play. And yes, they all have other text, but it's never relevant.
0: Have any of the armories saw any significant play? Now, I know Lion did, but that's only because they had such a lack of cards for a while that they just kind of fell back like, oh, let's just try yeah. to charge or, or cheat an uh, army into play. And yeah, Unicorn ran
1: theirs for a while as well when they had charge. Um, but they only worked because charge. Hmm. If we still had charge, hell yeah,
0: Repentant Legion, get in my deck, but we don't. A year ago, Crane actually played their army quite a bit because it did that cheeky thing where it got stronger based on how many cards the opponent had mm-hmm. and it was like a really solid four slots. And then like immediately after we just got like a crap ton of like really good four and five drops, and we just lost his space to better cards.
1: Yeah, and it also filled this like area for Crane where it was a way to get really, really big military numbers against Lion and unicorn and crab.
0: Mm. So. Let's see. Well, let's see. Uh, and then I don't know where. I'm, we're reading all these spoilers from the spoiler tab on the Discord. I don't know. I'm assuming, like, whenever they put an article, they do another article somewhere else, like maybe on Asthma Day or maybe on FFG Spain or Germany or something like that. I yeah, don't
1: know. I think sometimes they. Posted in, like, the hey, are you a store? You can pre order this pack and, like, post something there. But
0: what I do know is whoever posted or saved this image of this final fan did not get a very, like, high resolution one because it is blurry. Yep. Let's but see, I think we can one. read
1: them well enough.
0: Let's see. We have a neutral earth province. It's called uh, Deserted Shrine a uh, four strength province uh shrine reaction after this province is revealed choose a deck discard the top 10 cards of that deck okay um that's a problem because scorpion have a little baby dishonor deck that is dependent on decking your opponent and mm-hmm. This is this whole thing is actually really uh, echoing what Nick was talking about when we had him on last week of the game is becoming a a dance of oh do you have the very specific counter for this very specific play at this very specific time you need mm-hmm. well you just lost um, so that deck that scorpion honor deck where you force your opponent to deck themselves out on top of other honor game uh, losses um, just didn't go as fast as needed here. Uh, Now, there's a counter to this in the slovenly scavenger, the little goblin guy. When a conflict doesn't need to break, might I add you, so this goblin, already stronger than an entire crab army, (laughs) point that out, (laughs) Uh, can undo that entire deck type. So now it's like, oh, I've got my shrine out. Oh, I've got my goblin out. Oh, I've got my assassins out.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Although another thing to point out with this... Uh, can you imagine how much the Charge Bird deck would have loved this card?
0: Sure. I was also thinking of, like, Charge Bird or whatever the heck, uh, all those decks that used to have uh, Mia Satoshi in there could do yep. it.
1: Yeah. it It's a card that is also for recursion decks. I, I just don't see it, though, because this is competing with Upholding Authority.
0: Yeah. And, yeah, as the Earth Province, Earth Province, uh, as the Earth Province, it's got upholding authority and City of the rich frog, so it needs to be doing something muy special. And what yeah. we just realized earlier this year with um, Weight of Duty, sometimes when you have some like A list provinces, you don't want to make a stronger version. <laughs> yeah, because we thought Void was untouchable until earlier this year. Like, oh no, God, can we go back to uh, Shameful Display being the top tier?
1: Yeah. So, will this he play? Probably not. Is that a bad thing? No. I I could see it being like a, hey, cool, this is in my draft deck type card. Like, that's eh, probably fine. So.
0: What is that Phoenix
1: card there? Can you read it? Offerings to the Kami, a four-strength province of unknown element. Shrine. Reaction, after this province is revealed, choose a ring in the unclaimed ring pool. Resolve the ring effect and claim it as a political ring gaining all fate on it.
0: Makes me wonder if enlightenment's back on the table. Possibly. But it only works once, so... Yeah,
1: Yeah, it's the same thing with the deserted shrine.
0: It's a one-and-done and then a blank province. So, uh, is there any ring that just like gating it instantly is a super powerful play versus a province? I guess it depends on which province element it is. Yeah. Because,
1: like, I mean, it, it's kind water. of a niche <laughs> card where, like, could its effect be meaningful? Sure. If you're against Scorpion and they hit this, you're like, I air gained two, although. They're probably attacking you air to be honest. So I don't know. Is it cool? I'm sure. Is it going to be run? I doubt it. It's, oh, never mind,
0: because Phoenix has retired I was looking at like, what water provinces do Phoenix have? They have that new retired of the Brotherhood that are trying to do some janky things out of these days, so Yep. But hey, if it's water, you know, <laughs> The bar for Water Provinces is low, so yeah. have at thee.
1: Yep. But somebody will try to make an Enlightenment deck with a more power to them. I'm glad this one exists.
0: Much like how the Enlightenment deck existed, uh, was it earlier this year? I think it was earlier this year. Yeah, it, it's either yeah. going to be, like, terrible, uh, like, uh, unplayably bad, or Incredibly Busted, it must be uh, neutralized now. There is no middle ground (laughs) with um, uh, Enlightenment decks.
1: Yeah. And I hope it gets to the point where somebody's enticed enough to play it, and when they take it to a tournament, they can at least Enlighten once.
0: I mean, that sounds like a thing that Andy would do. Yep. And he loves it when I name drop him. He's like, hey, Trevor, you owe me some freaking royalties. I'm the star of the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, as my village idiot. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you one ruble of Russian money. (laughs) I think they do rubles. I don't know. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna to try to read this open field skirmisher. So it's a unicorn, uh, unicorn, <laughs> unicorn dynasty character. Open field skirmisher. One cost, two military, uh, zero political, one glory. Bushi action. During a conflict in which this character is attacking, remove one fate from this character. The attack province gets minus three. Strength. Strength until the end of the conflict. Looks like Strangly.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) And this thing. I don't know. But yeah, minus minus three strength. Um all right, so we're back in the idea of like what is the value of province strength. And people generally don't care about that number a whole lot because you get into the whole thing about farming and whatnot. It does make it easier to break. That is something to do it. But um I would say as a one cost filler, his Like damning issue is actually that he just has it doesn't have cavalry to play off all the unicorns cavalry stuff. So why bother?
1: Yeah, he he by himself represents two fate for five military right. But you aren't attacking with just him as unicorn. You're attacking with many big red numbers, and he just doesn't seem worth it for that.
0: I mean, Unicorn, it, it does happen, but it's, I very rarely see a Unicorn who is just like, oh, I'm winning but not breaking. Usually, it because of the way their cards work, it's either I'm winning by a major amount or my opponent has neutralized all my cool stuff and I'm like losing by a huge amount. It's like, they're never really like, oh, I yeah. just need three more theoretical <laughs> to, yeah. to break. And part of it
1: is, Unicorn seems to be getting this, sub-theme of giving minus strength to the opponent's provinces. Mm. And I feel like that's a really bad theme because they are actively anti-synergistic together. If you get a bunch of them, they don't do anything anymore because the strength is already zero. Mm.
0: So, I don't know. I would be kind of good for a poke. You know what? he'd be cute as a draft card. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I feel like this is
1: the draft card fan we've got here. Uh, And we've also got some upcoming Asahina Peacekeeper, four cost crane Shugenja air dash military, five political, three glory. And I'm guessing by all the big empty space we see on the card here, uh, that that's just all it is.
0: Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be surprising because that's kind of par for course for... Now, we just talked about Berserkers being a really like lackluster theme. Crane, uh, Asahina, Shigenja have been a real disappointment. And I feel sorry for the Asahina fans out there. Um, and I looked at this little guy in the fan, and in, unless there's a really well uh text box in there that says, Oh, he does something cool... Uh, not worth it. I mean, four for Dash, Military, five. Um, Crane do not have an issue getting big blue numbers. So my question becomes, what is this person bringing to the table? Um, He's got uh five political, three glory. So, you know, he can get up to uh, math eight political. But we just looked at some. Berserkers who just showed us, like, oh, big numbers aren't everything.
1: Yep. And this is big numbers that if you're against Scorpion, is really expensive. Small numbers.
0: Hmm. So. I, I'm 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 not at four costs. I'm not letting it, this thing sit around unbowed to gain the favor. So. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Straight to the binder with you. Okay. Yep. Well, that's it for now. Uh, again, not too much to go into since um, this upcoming Friday is going to be the RL, and then with the holidays, we'll figure out how we're going to deal with that and stuff. But uh that's it for now. I did want to go talk into Cyberpunk, though. Uh, So if you guys are just here for the L5R content, well, we'll see you later, but I want to talk about this game real quick, because I think it has uh, a weird relationship to L5R. Now, I just asked you this question. I forgot. Have you played this game yet? I have not. Okay. Well, you should do that, because what are you doing with your time? Uh, Painting (laughs) miniatures. See? Exactly. (laughs) Doing something even more nerdy than playing the most popular game in the market right now. Yep. (laughs) Uh quick review, I was just saying earlier, I overall enjoy it. Uh it's the PlayStation 4 version, got some issues. Um and overall it's like not every aspect of it is like good enough, but you can see t- how it could be better. And it's coming from this pedigree of like this does not look like the game made by the folks of Witcher 3, who are known for having these like really intricate side quests and running character motifs. Uh, this is kind of a step back in that department of like quests are kind of like, uh, you know, independent of each other. There is a running through lines, you get some stories, and the best quest I did is so far is the one that didn't have any combat in it. It was just a basically a scripted dialogue scene of some characters talking about an important event that happened and some emotional closure for some things that happened. Um, it's got some good scripted events, but. Um, basically, it's a lot of, like, hey, come to this area, sneak around, shoot some people in the head, and, like, do this rinse and repeat a whole bunch in a... It feels like Fallout 4 mixed with Grand Theft Auto in a way, but, like, not in a good way.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's just,
0: like, an okay way.
1: It's the type of game I can see them continuing to add stuff to... And, you know, maybe it'll be good once they've added some stuff, kind of like uh, No Man's Sky. When that came out, it had all this hype around it, and it was just completely a disappointment for what all the hype was. But yeah. they kept well, that, working out and kept adding to it, and I hear that No Man's Sky is
0: actually a really good game now. Um, yeah, that was that game's kind of a victim of its uh, like alleged depending on your opinion, false advertising because they kind of pitched it as one kind of game and it came yeah. out as a very different kind of game. This one is like, it's it's kind of delivering everything it said it was going to be, but in like a very like, shallow way. And I think it's, the, again, it's the pedigree of like, oh, we've seen you do more. Kind of interesting that like, this is like, it's got so much more moving parts, but they're not adding up as much. Yeah. Um... But you know, you know, seven out of ten—that's <laughs> my score. Mm-hmm. Uh, the part that's interesting to me, and we're just going off the conversation we had with Nick last week, and the nature of like, what is L five R's a property, and uh, what do we, the collective, we want from it? Because it occurred to me uh, during like the game's first major set piece, the big opening thing in the beginning well i say opening mission you'd have to do like several side missions first and then you have to go through this like long and it's like 10 hours into the game before you get to the big like oh this is the real plot kicking off now mm-hmm. um and not with any spoilers so keanu reeves is in the game everyone knows that And he's playing this character called johnny silverhand which is a legacy character from the rpg and then it hit, occurs to me oh yeah cyberpunk 2020 is a tabletop RPG in the same vein that L5R is a uh, RPG. And it just like the and specifically they do some things where they're talking about this character Johnny Silverhand in the past. And imagine if like the Keanu Reeves was playing Okoto Totori. Because you go through the set piece of like, oh, this is like the graphics are kind of a little bit different. And it like shows you like this old school aesthetic. And you these char- they're talking to these characters in a way of like, oh, hello, character X. Clearly the uh, fan favorites know who you are. And it's just like, oh, boy, why can't we get something like this for L5R? Mm-hmm. And it's a bit of me being um, kind of a whiny, like I want more kind of thing. But in a world of so game of thrones even though the whole world's forgotten the game of thrones existed <laughs> yeah. uh there's a hole in the media world for something like that and l5r has often been called the you know game of thrones but with samurai though and now we have cd project red like, grabbing, like, an old RPG from back in the day that has, like, a cult following about here and stuff. Like, oh, Alpha Var is a small RPG with a cult following. And guess what? Samurai are a thing that's super popular. Good way. Like, the, the it started off with uh, thinking, like, this game has, like, a massive, like, Japanese influence for good or ill. That's a different conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, But, like, why can't we get and the mo- but moral of the story is, what is FFG slash Asmodee trying to do with this property? Because I think it could do so much more.
1: Yeah, uh, that's very fair. Because, especially as they've almost downsized what they're doing with it.
0: I mean, there is a degree of, like, Asmodee slash FFG is trying to get sold or bought. or I don't know. understand the business lingo of all of that to figure out what the heck's going on there, but... Uh, yeah, there's some sort of business thing going on where they're trying to, like, diversify their portfolio or something like that. But, um, yeah, I went, and there's people who we've talked to all the time that we know care about Var a whole great deal. But I always wonder, like, how much does, you know, Faceless Entity, Fantasy Flight Games slash Asmodee, do they care about you know, this property and this community and stuff. Because we've seen before, uh, even before, uh, their massive layoffs, or maybe these things are hand-in-hand and stuff, but they'll just axe a property. It's just like, eh, we don't care about dealing with this anymore. Um, They've been accused before of, like, they really like to launch a game and hate having to do the follow-up of, like, supporting a community and, like, uh, keeping it uh, energized. They much more like to Launch a new thing and then let it like kind of putter out on its own when any of these things that they do could like easily become like much they're pretty big communities, they could be much bigger, yeah, with some support.
1: I think a lot of us would love to see that, even though you know, we we do have things like you know, some things get bigger. We have video game movies out there, it's cringy, but.
0: Oh yeah, we've got we've we've got the the uh, what is it? The Monster Hunter video game coming out soon. I think now it's with weekend. like ten percent less rec- less racism. Yeah. Turns out, uh, if you want to sell your movie in the Chinese market, don't in the opening scene of your movie put a huge Japanese or anti Asian uh, slur jokes into your scripts. Yeah. Turns out it's not a good thing to do. Yep. Or you know what? If you're not trying to sell to Japan, just don't do that. Yeah. Turns out
1: in modern day most places that doesn't fly as well. But what
0: do we know? I mean, clearly nothing. You're right. We're just we're we are just the hosts of the second most popular Alpha of our L C G podcast in Yep. <laughs> yep. Where are your podcasts? Well, I guess they're you know hibernating for the winter slash COVID right now. So yeah. As I was talking about this game, I, uh, I I booted up my PlayStation behind the scenes and it had turned on. I walked down the street and it crashed on me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, PlayStation Four. <laughs> well optimized.
1: <laughs> Look, can you be a Jap a Japanese samurai though in the game?
0: Uh so I walk yes, around because, with
1: my katana
0: Yes, because you could make an Asian character Or at least a character with Asian settings mm-hmm. uh, There's only two voices And they do a uh, kind of not great thing Of they define the voices as masculine and feminine Now, put in their favor You could put any kind of body type uh, So you could have a feminine body type And a masculine voice um, Which is, I guess, good there but you know, if you're if you are if you're socially aware enough to know that that's the thing people want, you should also know that some people don't even like those kind of labels. So that's also yeah. a tick I, against them. So I will say, at least they are trying. They are trying. I I would do want to, I'd rather give them attempts for because, like you know, no one else has gone this far with this kind of stuff. So I don't want to take away their pudding. You know, yeah. from this. You know, could it be uh, better? I will, yes
1: but I will, taking steps in the in that direction is a good thing to be happening at least
0: uh i will say that uh um you know uh i i'm not affected by the masculine feminine voice i am affected by there's only one ma- uh, uh or there's one voice for uh each and the, my character who i made a black character it, like it, this is like the most whitest sounding character ever. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm a black person who sounds pretty white and stuff, but you can—I don't sound this white. Like this guy is just like white. <laughs> yeah, and the,
1: I mean the games have had d- different character voice options for years now. Maybe they—they yeah, they didn't want to pay enough actors to fully read all of the script.
0: And it's just right, yeah. The the games where you have like multiple voices are ones where your main character only makes like a handful of statements every yeah. once in a while, like in your Saints Row or some of yep. your RPGs, where it's just like, Ugh, yeah. "What's in that box?" Hurrah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This is like this is like fully voiced, but so I'm gonna, actually going to go back to The Witcher on this one. So Witcher three, you play Geralt of Rivia. Now Geralt is a very like quantified character you're not so much as creating your own witcher you are definitely playing a pre-existing character who has pre-existing like moods but like in a spectrum so if Geralt is playing is feeling particularly charitable right now you could play that or if he's feeling grumpy right now you could play that it's still is like Geralt's sphere. And but it still feels like uh, both like it's an independent character and also a character influenced by you and your choices. This mm-hmm. game is despite the way you know the gendering and the the ethnicity of behind the voice and everything like that uh it's just like there's a character who's already built like v is the main your protagonist's name. will just answer things questions in a way that are like very much this independent character, but i Made a character, but it's like, but it's a different character, right? There's a, there's some sort of like disconnect right there.
1: You customized an existing character.
0: Yeah, the customization doesn't even make sense because the game's like first person. Yeah, <laughs> you rarely see yourself, so it goes into like, well, why am I doing all this stuff to see what I look like and adjusting my penis size and what sort of genitalia I have? Yeah. Uh it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, even, like, the hilarious glitches where people have penises that are, like, glitching through their pants and just kind of you know, wiggling about. It's funny, but it doesn't actually come up, you know? Yeah. If I have, like, uh, a character with a major donger and, like, uh, a lightning bolt as my landing strip gun there, I want one character in this game to freaking take notice and, like, hey, that's a nice dong you have there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> 2021! I demand more <laughs> games to complement my penis size. Exactly. I need that. Yeah. <laughs> As a gamer.
1: <laughs> yeah. I need to get
0: that from somewhere, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but um uh, the entire time we're talking, it's just now loaded back up all the way and stuff. Nice. Um But yeah, that's just my kind of um. Because it it it's more like the these uh scenes. I don't want to spoil it and stuff, but every time it goes into the air quotes legacy characters. Like I don't know anything about cyberpunk 2020 or the cyberpunk general TRPG lineup and stuff, but the game takes a pause whenever that kind of stuff comes up. Like, Oh, it's that character, you know, and stuff, you know, um, there's a scene where like, if I was put a parable, you know, I'm Keanu Reeves is playing a code to Tori and then he's walking down a hallway and stuffs like, Hey, Kachiko, come on. We got a job to do. Like, all right, let me grab Daidoji Uji, and we'll just go do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they have this, like, big hero moment going on and stuff. Like, oh, boy. Like, I'm sure, th- like, there's a fan of the old thing going on right now. Like, oh, boy. I'd really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And I've always wondered, like, people will... So, L5R started. It had its birth in this early to mid-90s. Uh, there was this... um. It was, like, before you were born, your little baby child. <laughs> uh, there was this uh, Asian boom in media where Japanese and Chinese things were, like... Uh, especially in media. So, like, samurai movies and kung fu movies were really popular. Um, and it's it's kind of like the birthplace of L5R. It's the same, like, kind of thing. Where, why there's so many, like, Japanese influences in Cyberpunk 20, uh, 2077, this game. Um... And people would have been like, oh, why did all these things fade away? And stuff like, oh, you he you, you lean too much on the samurai stuff, and you know, the cultural appropriateness of like some of these representations, that's a completely different bag of worms that should be looked at, but it's not pertinent to this conversation. But there's also a um like, oh well, those things are just not as popular anymore and stuff. But then in the last couple of years, I see things like Ghost of Tsushima. And I see things like um uh, what is it, uh, Sekiro, and mm-hmm. some other things that keep flirting to entering the pop culture. Like, they're going to make this Japanese documentary on Netflix that I've been, like, following for a while. It's like, oh boy, uh, waiting for that thing to come out. And every time something like samurai-flavored pops up, like, people have been clamoring for a uh, uh, Japanese-flavored Assassin's Creed for a while, so I think there's yeah. enough Japanese samurai chanbara fans out there that it's just waiting to be tapped into. Um, so this rambling discussion is just my plea to CG C- C- <laughs> to Hey, pick up L5R next or somebody do it. Somebody look at the success of, uh, cyberpunk 2020 and be like, Hey, we've got this L5R property. So we'll, we'll wait 12 years to make a uh, RPG on this one on a <laughs> PlayStation six.
1: Yep. But optimize it for the PlayStation four still.
0: Get me Asma Day's phone number right now. He <laughs> <laughs> some business <laughs> This is the next big thing that we're sitting on right here. Yeah. uh in, I guess the world's defense of not catering to my needs, me the things I want. Uh it should be noted that I guess CG Project Red, uh, with a relatively short lifespan, have a history of taking obscure things. I mean, because The Witcher. Was just a cult book written by a Polish guy who thought video games were stupid, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and like kind of uh, sold uh, them the video game rights for a song. And then CG Park read after you know two kind of mediocre games, and it like it really came into its own in Witcher 3, mm-hmm. and then it started this whole boom. And now they're taking something that's even more obscure because if you're looking for cyberpunk. RP typed up RPGs. I would probably go for Shadowrun before I could talk to yeah. about Cyberpunk.
1: Yep. Yeah. I also
0: bet Cyberpunk uh, or Shadowrun is probably wrapped up in a bunch of legal battles because that thing had its own like games licenses and toy licenses and tabletop game licenses before. So I don't know where that thing sits. Yeah.
1: I'd I, Shadowrun's a fun game, too. I've, I've played the Shadowrun RPG. I've played uh, some of the Shadowrun games. It, it's a fun little universe, but... I am, Yeah. It is something that I think would be good to do that with, but... You know. Maybe it's just the fact that it already existed.
0: Now we just have to find a video game publishing company that isn't rife with, like uh <laughs> abuse allegations and uh toxic workplaces to so we could like morally stand by them and uh convince them to make the next <laughs> video game yeah. based on L5R. What company would be that good?
1: Uh well if it's since it turns out it wasn't C D Project Red, which was the company that everybody thought it would be, uh, there probably isn't really one.
0: Oh man. I also kind of wonder, like, what kind of game uh, this would be. I, I have a hard time imagining an L5R game that doesn't ape heavily from Ghost of Tsushima, which is unfair because it just does everything so well. That being said, everyone's kind of like, I always hear people saying, like, oh, l 5 would make a really good MMORPG, which I can kind of buy.
1: Yeah, maybe.
0: I don't know, we're, 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 uh, this conversation's (laughs) up. I think we, I've, I've explored the, the, the the depths of my rant, so I'm done here. Uh, let's wrap this thing up.
1: Uh, you've got, you've got a game booted in the background to go play and hopefully not crash in.
0: I mean, you cannot prove that I have or have not been playing it this entire time (laughs) as I've been talking to you. (laughs) Uh, the answer is I have not because I actually am very bad at like paying attention to things and doing things at the same time, uh, which I've, I, I, I did a little bit streaming things for the convention I did uh, not too long ago. And um, it's a different skill because what happens is you focus all your attention on talking and nothing to do with your game. So every once in a while when I'm like. Like, I'm staring at a screen, but I'm mentally checked out on my answers that I'm talking, and then I, like, pay attention to the screen, like, oh, I've been, like, stare- running into this wall <laughs> for, like, yeah. 20 seconds. I hope yeah. no one saw that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get out of here. Uh, give a shout-out to our sister podcast, the uh, Court Games RPG Podcast, hosted by... Kikita Kaori and Kovar over there. Uh, We've got our two actual plays, Crimson Gold Agonies and Fortune and Strife. Uh, And we also have the YouTube series, Tokyo of the Five Rings. Max, where can they find them?
1: If you want to find all of these products and more, go to courtgamespod.com. Your one-source stop for everything Court Games related, that's courtgamespod.com. Once more, come visit us and listen to our excellent voices at courtgamespod.com.
0: Not MagicTheGatheringPod.com. <laughs> that won't work. Yep. Uh let's see. Uh you can send us uh just I'll just go straight to the, the to the ex, uh extortion part of this. <laughs> Listen, I'm a I'm a cyber runner right now. I'm a yep. I'm a cyberpunk. Uh if you have any money, I'm going to infiltrate your house and steal your money to donate directly to my Patreon, and then I'm going to I don't know, upload a virus or something and steal your data. I don't (laughs) know. The game's kind of unclear about that. (laughs) (laughs) I've been doing a lot of police missions on there. I was like, well, that doesn't seem very punk of me to go, like, (laughs) fighting crimes with the police all the time.
1: Look, that's the new punk of the future, okay? Oh, being a law-abiding citizen?
0: (laughs) (laughs) The real rebels are those who follow the rules. I like how, like, the police will just put a scanner on here. Uh, there'll be a mission. like, oh, hey, there's some criminals doing criminal activity over here and stuff. And they have, like, no problem with me just going there and just shooting everyone in the head. Like, yeah, we're just going to presume they're all guilty. No trial, no nothing. And, yep, yeah, that's uh, a tidy package. Keanu Reeves spoke
1: up for you, so it's cool.
0: <laughs> all right. Uh... That's enough rambling. I got some video games to play. And no, actually, I, darn it, I've got to edit this. Darn it! Look, you <laughs> if can this episode edit it comes out moment. on Wednesday and not uh, Tuesday, three guesses how I spent decide to spend my evening. Yep. <laughs> Sayonara, everyone. See you later.